Good morning, everyone. Friends, uh, we celebrate uh, immediately uh, after the Nativity, uh, the Holy Family, and uh, we're told uh, about uh, a day in their life, if you will. And um, there's so much uh, that is going on with that. And um, uh, we have just celebrated with joy Christmas and the mystery of Christmas. Uh, and uh, uh, the marvel of Christmas um, is to acknowledge with the eyes of faith uh, that the baby born in Bethlehem is the eternal Son of God, is God. And um, this is the mystery part of Christmas. God the Father could have sent His Son into our world as an adult. After all, um, the mission of Jesus was accomplished within the span of some three years after He reached what the Hebrews understand as rabbinic age, which was 30. That's when a man uh, could move into ministry and things. And uh, so, um, why did God wish His Son to go through conception, Mary, birth, infancy, and adolescence? Why did He ask His Son to begin life on earth within a human family uh, and to live a fully human life? I think about, for instance, Adam, the first man, uh, he didn't have that. God created him and put him in a garden <laughs> and told him, get busy. Huh? <laughs> so, my friends, perhaps the, uh, the one overriding reason that God the Father wanted to give um, his son this was to give a new sanctity to human existence. In the time of Jesus, things were pretty tough when he entered, uh, the way people were treating each other and uh, the idea of family. Uh, well, within the tribes of uh, Judaism, uh, there are strong traditions, and we hear about that in our, in our gospel. My friends, I went and looked, and the Second Vatican Council explains in its Constitution of the Church in the Modern World, Article 22, by his incarnation, the Son of God has united himself in some fashion with every human person. He worked with human hands, thought with a human mind, acted by human choice, and loved with a human heart. He went on to say, born of the Virgin Mary, he has truly been made one with us, like us in all things except sin. He showed us the way, and if we follow it, life and death are made holy and take on a new meaning. End of quote from the so my friends, then, what the church is saying is human life is holy because it is a creation of God. But it has taken on a deeper sacredness because Jesus, the Messiah, lived our human life in all things but sin. We apply this truth of the incarnation uh, when with the mind of God we honor family and the family life and the traditions. We must view it as sacred, the traditional family. And we must have great respect, and we must defend and foster human life in all of its forms, then, from conception to death. Part of the Christmas story is that of the holy innocence, which tomorrow uh, 
is the day dedicated to Holy Innocence. And uh, if you have forgotten what that means, um, it refers to um, in memory and great sorrow and sadness uh, the actions of King Herod when he exterminated the children attempting to get to Jesus, to the Messiah. Of course, he didn't know at the time Jesus, but he... Um, so my friends, um, knowing this, um, it directed my intention and my thoughts and everything uh, to the unborn children in our time uh, who are medically exterminated uh, via abortive procedures, an act that the Second Council uh, of the, also speaks. Article 51 is an unspeakable crime. The Council teaches that God, the Lord of life, has conferred on the human race the surpassing ministry of safeguarding life. And so from the moment of conception, life must be guarded uh, with the greatest care. And so we need stronger laws that safeguard human life before birth in the same for the same reasons that we have laws that safeguard human life after birth. And yet, we know, and I know you know this, we know law in itself will not alter people's minds or change their hearts. So we must embrace an ethic which not only detests abortion and euthanasia, for that matter, but which also detests and rejects any violation of human dignity at any age and in any circumstance. My friends, Catholics are to follow a consistent ethic on this. We respect children in the womb because Jesus began his human existence in the womb of Mary. We respect the family because Jesus led a family life in Nazareth. We respect the poor because Jesus lived as a poor person who had no place to lay his head as an adult, he told us. And with respect to immigrants, because Jesus himself was an immigrant in Egypt, we should show respect. Those are people. Those are humans. We Catholic Christians are not supposed to pick and choose among these human issues because God did not assign to his son only one aspect of human existence, but all of it. Friends, in one of the prefaces that I will use this morning of the Mass, uh, you will hear the prayer um, that shows the motive for this consistent ethic for us Christians. Father, your eternal Son has taken upon himself our human weakness, giving our mortal nature immortal value. By becoming human, Jesus gives all humans, all of them, great dignity. In this Holy Family Sunday, we are given the chance not simply to reflect on family life and its sacredness in general, but to make a decision on how we will strengthen family life, one's own and others, how to make it a stronger bridge that connects not only generations, bloodlines, if you will, but also communities and societies, and how to make it the family a more uh, effective conduit of faith and love for all. That kind of decision will not be made in Rome, 
It will not be made in Washington, D.C., but in the individual heart and homes of the people. Having written this homily, it becomes all that much harder as a priest to remember what bishops and priests, some, did. The damage to the children, the damage to the families. And while I understand that it is an illness, but the response of those in charge, that was not illness. That was deficiency in moral and spiritual virtue. I find it detestable. And if that weighs on my heart, I can't even imagine how it weighs on the people in which the abuse happened and their families. So we must learn and must never allow it to happen again because my whole homily is based on the sacredness of family and of people. Our gospel reading speaks not only about Jesus as a baby and the sacredness of that, but of the elderly. We're told about two old church people with great holiness, Anna and Simeon. Anna, the only woman named prophetess in all of the scriptures. So great care must be given to our elderly. Yes, becomes very difficult. I know for my mom who had Alzheimer's and we put her into a care center, a nonprofit decision that was very difficult but one run by um, nuns. We were fortunate. But I visit homes where people have put their elderly in it and never come back to see them. All of this matters, my friends, especially for our young. If we teach them that life in the womb can be destroyed because it's inconvenient. And then life in old age because it's inconvenient for us to have to look and care, just throw them into a factory, put them into a building. Is it any wonder why the rate of suicide amongst our teenagers are so high? Because they're being shown if life is problematic or inconvenient, get rid of it. This ethic must change. There must be sacredness always from the moments of conception until the end. Life is sacred. It has to be all of it in order to change the hearts and minds of the people.
I know, the homily is a little bit tough for 8.30 in the morning. But one that needed to be said. And it's good to see all the children there and the ones coming. <laughs> Twins. <laughs> and the children. They're signs of hope and joy for us. It tells us, fight. Fight for them. Fight for them. Make a world of peace and joy and holiness and love for them. Amen?